The personal stories expressed in this series reflect the true experiences and opinions of the guests and may not represent the official position of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Elder M. Russell Ballard of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles has said, There is hope for the addicted, and this hope comes through the atonement of the Lord Jesus Christ and by humbling oneself before God, pleading to be freed of the bondage of addiction and offering our whole soul to Him in fervent prayer. Priesthood leaders can help as those who have addiction seek counsel from them. Where necessary, they can refer them to qualified licensed counselors and LDS Family Services. The Addiction Recovery Program adapted from the original 12 Steps of Alcoholics Anonymous is readily available through LDS Family Services. In this series, you will hear actual meetings discussing each of the gospel principles of addiction recovery and healing. Addiction recovery meetings have strict guidelines of confidentiality and anonymity. These podcasts may seem contradictory to such standards. All the participants in these meetings are active participants in the Addiction Recovery Program and have willingly volunteered to participate. Their experiences are genuine and not fabricated. These recordings were created with the express purpose of providing a way for individuals who are isolated from recovery groups to participate, as well as provide an example to church leaders and members of a typical meeting. Today's meeting will discuss Step 10, Daily Accountability. Welcome to the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints Addiction Recovery Meeting. I'm Elder Ennis, and I am serving as missionary group leader this evening. Uh, We have some individuals missing this evening, Uh, so we'd like to go around the room, and beginning here at my left, uh, we'll go ahead and go clockwise, and if we could just introduce ourselves. Hi, my name's Robert, and I'm an addict and alcoholic. Hi, Robert. Hi, Robert. I'm Steve, uh, addict alcoholic. Steve. Hi, Steve. Uh, my name is Dub, and I'm a mess. Hi, Dub. Hi, Dub. <laughs> I'm Abra. I'm a recovering addict. Hi, Abra. Hi, I'm Scott, and I'm just real glad to be here. Hi, Scott. Hi, Scott. My name is Rich, and I'm a child of God. Hi, Rich. Rich. I'm Karen. I'm a recovering drug addict. Hi, Hi Karen. Karen. Thank you. would like to remind everybody to please turn off their cell phones or their pagers. We do not have any announcements for this meeting, so would somebody please volunteer for an opening prayer? Thanks, Dub. Our kind, loving, eternal Father in heaven, we a few brothers and sisters and saints in the gospel gather here at this LDS 12-step recovery meeting, Father. We could never be grateful enough for the work that you and our brother Jesus Christ and the brethren were able to do to bring these 12-step recovery meetings in the house of the Lord where we might feel the embrace of our brother Jesus Christ and hear the still small voice of the Holy Ghost. And Father, we have we ask a special blessing tonight upon our brothers and sisters that are still out there researching their addictions and afflictions, that they may be touched in some manner and have a 
broken heart and a contrite spirit and have a desire to join us in a future meeting. And Father, bless us as participants and facilitator and missionary here tonight that our hearts may be softened and our minds quickened and our tongues loosed that we might say and share those things honestly from deep within our soul. As always, Father, we acknowledge all of our tender mercy and serendipitous blessings through thy hand and thy Son, our Lord and Master, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Thank you. As always, we uh, like to begin our meetings with the Church's mission statement, and that is, The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints Addiction Recovery Meetings assists those who desire to recover from addiction. We also welcome family and friends whose lives may be affected by the addiction of another. We are a group of brothers and sisters who share our experience, faith, and hope as we study and apply the principles of the gospel as they correlate with the 12 steps of recovery. Our meetings provide a safe place for honest sharing because we adhere to the principles of confidentiality and anonymity, and we use appropriate language and behavior to invite the Spirit to be with us. As we practice these 12 steps in our lives— We receive power through the Atonement of Jesus Christ to overcome addiction and receive the full blessings of the gospel. Family and friends who practice these same 12 steps will also find hope and healing for themselves. We will now go around the room and read each of the 12 steps found on page Roman numeral number 4. We invite each person who is willing to read one step. It is perfectly acceptable to pass if you prefer to listen only. We'll begin here at my left with Robert. Step one, admit that you of yourself are powerless to overcome your addictions and that your life has become unmanageable. Step two, hope. Come to believe that the power of God can restore you to complete spiritual health. Step three, trust in God. We decide to turn our will and our life over to the care of God, the Eternal Father, and any Son, Jesus Christ. Step four, make a searching and fearless written moral inventory of yourself. Step five, admit to yourself, to your Heavenly Father in the name of Jesus Christ, to proper priesthood authority, and to another person, the exact nature of your wrongs. Step six, become entirely ready to have God remove all your character weaknesses. Step seven, humbly ask Heavenly Father to remove your shortcomings. Step eight, Make a written list of all persons you have harmed and become willing to make restitution to them. Step nine, wherever possible, make direct restitution to all persons you have harmed. Step ten is about uh, daily accountability. Continue to take personal inventory, and when you are wrong, promptly admit it. Step eleven, personal revelation. We seek through prayer and meditation to know the Lord's will and have the power to carry it out. Step 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of the atonement of Jesus Christ, share this message with others and practice these principles in all you do. Thank you. Each week we focus on a different step. This week we will read Step 10, starting on page 59, from A Guide to Addiction Recovery and Healing. We will go around the room, and each person who is willing may read one or two paragraphs. You may pass if you prefer to listen. 
We have an extra copy of the guide for you to use in this meeting in case you do not have one. During the reading, listen for thoughts, feelings, and experiences you have in common with those who have taken these steps. We will read the step, picking up where we left off. Daily accountability. Key principle, continue to take personal inventory, and when you are wrong, promptly admit it. By the time you came to step 10, you are ready for a new way of living. The first nine steps helped you learn a pattern of life based on spiritual principles. These principles now become the foundation on which you build for the rest of your life. In taking the first nine steps, you have applied principles of the gospel, faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, and repentance. You have seen miraculous changes in your life. You have experienced love and tolerance, and you have developed a desire for peace. Your desire for your addiction has all but disappeared. When you are tempted, you often find yourself recoiling from your addiction rather than desiring it. You feel humility and awe of what Heavenly Father has done that you could not do alone. The final three steps will help you maintain your new spiritually-minded way of life. So they are often called maintenance steps. Self-evaluation throughout life is not a new concept. In the Book of Mormon, Alma taught that maintaining a mighty change of heart takes effort. In verse after verse, he indicated that honest, prayerful self-appraisal and immediate repentance must be a continual part of life. To retain what you have gained, you must stay in fit spiritual condition. You do this by asking the kind of searching questions that Alma suggested about your feelings— thoughts, motives, and conduct. Through daily self-evaluation, you will keep from slipping into denial and complacency. As you learned in steps four and five, an inventory that includes only your behaviors is not sufficient to change your heart. You also have to examine your thoughts and feelings. This principle is just as true in step 10. Continue to watch for pride in all its forms and humbly take your weaknesses to your Heavenly Father as you learned to do in steps 6 and 7. If you feel worried, self-pitying, troubled, anxious, resentful, carnal-minded, or fearful in any way, turn immediately to the Father and allow Him to replace these thoughts with peace. As you pay attention to your thoughts and feelings, you can also discover any negative beliefs you still hold. Ask your Father in Heaven to remove these. In taking step 10, you will no longer have to resort to justifying, rationalizing, or blaming anything or anyone. Your goal will be to keep your heart open and your mind focused on the lesson the Savior has taught. Most of us follow step 10 by taking inventory each day. As you plan your day, prayerfully examine your motives. Are you doing too much or too little? Are you taking care of your basic spiritual, emotional, and physical needs? Do you serve others? Ask yourself these and other questions as you seek balance and serenity in your day. As the day unfolds, you can quickly stop negative thoughts or feelings that threaten to overwhelm you. Be especially alert for old behaviors or thinking patterns during highly stressful situations. Some people think of this type of inventory as a timeout. During this timeout, take a few moments and apply to your immediate situation each principle you have learned in the in the following or in following the steps. You will soon remember how essential it is to rely on the Lord in all your efforts to recover. You can say to yourself in a moment of crisis, what character weakness in me is being triggered? What have I done to contribute to this problem? Is there anything I can say or do without pretense, which, which will lead to a respectful solution for me and the other person? 
The Lord has all power. I'll relax and trust him. If we have taken a negative action toward another person, make amends as quickly as possible. Cast aside pride and remind ourselves that sincerely saying I was wrong is often just as important in healing a relationship as saying I love you. Before we go to bed, examine our entire day, ask ourselves if we still need to counsel with the Lord about any negative behaviors, thoughts, or feelings. In addition to counseling with the Lord, we can talk to an advisor or a friend in the program, someone we can trust to be objective about our thinking. You will continue to make mistakes as you interact with others, but a commitment to step 10 is a commitment to take responsibility for mistakes. If you examine your thoughts and actions each day and resolve them, negative thoughts and feelings will not increase until they threaten your abstinence. You no longer have to live in isolation from the Lord or others. You will have strength and faith to face difficulties and overcome them. You can rejoice in your progress and trust that practice and patience will ensure continued recovery. Thank you. These 12 steps are a program of action. As we read the section called Action Steps, We learn about recovery and gospel actions we can take to come unto Christ and receive power to live in recovery from addiction. Let's continue where we left off with the action steps. Participate in priesthood interviews as part of your commitment to self-appraisal. Continue to strengthen your relationships with other church members. We can all remember a time when we were afraid to look honestly at our own behaviors. Trying to avoid such moments was one reason many of us limited our involvement in the Church. However, as we progressed through this program of rigorous honesty, we began to understand the value of self-appraisal. Now, we no longer fear the opportunities for self-appraisal that come through activity in the Church. We are able to appreciate the truth of this teaching of Elder Joseph B. Worthlin of the Quorum of the Twelve. Worthiness interviews, sacrament meetings, temple attendance, and other church meetings are all part of the plan that the Lord provides to educate our souls, to help us develop the healthy habit of constantly checking our bearings, to stay on the path of faith. Regular spiritual checkups help us navigate life's highways and byways. We can all benefit by looking deep inside our hearts during reverent moments of worship and prayer and asking ourselves the simple question, am I true? The question becomes more powerfully useful if we are completely honest with our answers and if it motivates us to make repentant course corrections that keep us on the path of faith. As you participate in these opportunities for self-evaluation, you will find yourself growing in love for brothers and sisters in the fellowship of the church. Examine your thoughts, words, and deeds daily. Immediately set right any wrongs. Step 10 represents acceptance of the truth that you must continue to live by spiritual principles. If you stray from them, repent immediately and ask God at once to restore your peace through His Spirit. Honesty and humility can strengthen you. You will become more conscious of Heavenly Father's presence in your life as you call on Him to help you stay spiritually clean. 
You will learn to value progress and to forgive imperfection in yourself and others. You will lose the desire to be at odds with anything or anyone. Self-appraisal becomes a way of life as you let go of fears and overcome temptations one day at a time. We will now turn the time over to our facilitator, Robert, to conduct the sharing portion of this meeting. Robert? Thank you. My name is Robert, and I'm an addict alcoholic. Hey, Robert. Hey, Robert. Um, I stand corrected, and I owe this group seriously a, a great debt of gratitude. You know, I don't know how many times I've been through these steps, and uh, the maintenance steps were like, you know, why do we bother? I mean, I'm clean and sober. What more do you want? And I, I think I've, I haven't taken them as seriously as I should have over a period of time. And as I was thinking about this step today, knowing it was coming up, you know, I, I just mentally went back through some of the steps. And uh, do I still believe that the power of God can restore me to complete spiritual health? Step two, yeah, I believe that. Do I have difficulty still and decided to turn my life and will over the care of God? Yes, I still have difficulty doing that. Step four, make a searching and fearless written moral inventory. I have more fun still taking other people's inventory. <laughs> Remember how great that used to be, taking other people's inventory? Not only that, you could fix all their problems. I mean, I suspect everybody in here had a great time with that at one point in their, their recovery. Um, step nine, last week, wherever possible, make... Direct restitution. And I kept thinking this week as we went through that step last week, I bet there's other people on my list that I haven't thought of. And uh, sure enough, you know, I've been clean and sober for a long time. I still have two or three individuals that are easily accessible that I should probably still, after this amount of time, make some kind of amends. I haven't thought of them in years. Then I thought about the fact that... Uh, how do you make amends to your three children when you weren't there for 10 years of the most formative stages, stage of their life? That's probably a, a pretty much impossible burden. I, I'm not sure you can accept. Thankfully, you know, those relationships have, have healed and they're, they're wonderful and they, my children are extraordinary. Everybody's children are extraordinary, right? But uh, you wonder what it would have been, because uh, even though I was there, I wasn't there. And it's something I regret every single day of my life. Your addiction, your, our addictions have consequences, and uh, they're far-reaching and seem like sometimes go on forever. But I know that I need to do a little better job. You know, I talk about humility all the time. I, I, I've hardly spoken once, as long as I can remember, about humility being the most desirable quality a recovering addict could have, and yet sometimes I have so little of it. So the point of my sharing tonight really is that uh, call them maintenance steps, call them whatever you need, but whatever you, you want to, but 
personal inventories, continuing to do so, is just something that I've basically neglected. And it's through you, you brothers and sisters in this room, who have sort of given me hope and have rejuvenated my spirit and my desire and my motivation to do a better job. I'm so inspired by this group of people. It's not that I do everything wrong, but uh, I could do better. And I think when I say I've been clean and sober, what more do you want? I think the Lord wants a lot more from us and that we have a lot to offer. It's one of the most amazing parts of this program is when you see somebody come into the program, beat to beat to pieces, can barely breathe, and you watch him, you know, whether it's a month later, a week later, several hours later sometimes, or a year later, and see what their life is like and who they've become. If that's not the power of the atonement in, in practice, I don't know what is, because it's truly inspiring. You folks here inspire me. I thank you. I'll leave this with you in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Thanks. Thanks, Thanks, Robert. Thanks, Robert. Thank you. Uh, okay. I don't think we had any... Well, we had lots of people late. I was not one of them, by the way. <laughs> uh, we will now begin the sharing, sharing portion of the meeting. Share about your personal recovery experiences that relates to the tools of recovery this week's step or the step you are currently working on. Please focus your sharing on the solution rather than the problem. Refrain from mentioning graphic details about the practice of your addiction. Remember, crosstalk, which is interrupting or commenting directly about another participant's remarks, is not appropriate. Also, it is perfectly acceptable to pass, not this evening, however, if you prefer to listen only. Confidentiality and anonymity foster honesty and make this a safe place to share. Therefore, whom you see here, what you hear here, when you leave here, let it stay here. Hear, hear. Hear, hear. In keeping with the principle of anonymity, we invite you to introduce yourself by your first name only. We will conclude the sharing portion five or ten minutes before the end of the meeting for final thoughts from Elder Ennis. Time is now yours to share your experience, faith, and hope. We invite you to share for five to seven minutes tonight. I'll cut you some slack. <laughs> uh, who would like to volunteer at the sharing? Steve. All right. <laughs> Hi, I'm Steve. Hey, Steve. Hey, Steve. It's good to be here. I, I heard it mentioned already tonight uh, that a few of us was late for the meeting, but I beg to differ. The only meeting I was ever late to was my very first one because it took me almost 30 or it took me more than 30 years to make it to it. So that was a long time without a meeting because heaven knows I definitely need these meetings. Um, this step, um, Heavenly Father knows me all too well. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, like, like the psalmist said in Psalms 1, 119, he says, my soul cleaveth unto the dust. Um, for 18, 18 years of my life, I had lived a life of sin, uh, drugs, riotous living, and uh, along with those 18 years, I picked up some, some character traits. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, <laughs> I, I had these, these huge defects of character because of the way I lived for so long. So, so uh, you know, 
I, I, I turned it all over to Heavenly Father, um, and, and, and I had that spiritual rebirth, and everything was good. But uh, I needed to endure. I needed to endure to the end. And, uh, and like I said, as long as my soul cleaveth unto the dust, all these bad habits seem to, to, to keep uh, showing their ugly face. Um, and what that is is just the fiery darts of the, of the, of the adversary. Um, and thank goodness for bishops, I tell you what. <laughs> um, uh, I love my bishop. I'm thankful that he's, he's there for me to, to go and, and dump my garbage still to this day. I think he's probably one of my best friends. I got him on speed dial. Uh, I'm in as often as frequently as possible, so I can just you know constantly be checking my bearings, what, exactly what this step is about. Um, I, I just wanted to touch on a few things real fast. It says, uh, continue to watch for pride in all its forms and humbly take your weaknesses to your Heavenly Father as you learn to do in st- step six and seven. If you feel worried, self-pitying, troubled, anxious, resentful, carnal-minded, or fearful in any way, turn immediately to the Father and allow Him to re- replace these thoughts with peace. Um, and, and, you know, with with such a past, I mean, these, these uh, emotions and feelings pop up every so often. And, uh, and, and thank goodness for these steps. Um, another thing I, I wanted to touch on here is if, if you have taken a negative action towards another uh, person, make amends as quickly as possible. Cast aside pride and remind yourself that sincere, sincerely saying I was wrong is often just as important in healing a relationship as saying I love you. Now that advice there has helped me so much because before, um, I had worked these steps. It was always my way or the highway. I knew I was right. I'm dad. You listen to what I say. That's just how it is. Um, but but having the opportunity to to tell your child you was wrong, um, I think there's there's some teaching in that. There's a there's something that they're learning from you. They're they're finding humility for themselves. And uh, it's just as important as saying I love you. Uh, last but not least, I wanted to touch on this part right here. Worthiness interviews, sacrament meetings, temple attendance, and, and other church meetings are, a part, are all part of the plan that the Lord provides to educate our souls, to help us develop the healthy habit of constantly checking our bearings to stay on the path of faith. Regular spiritual checkups help us Navigate life's highways and byways. So, like I said before, as often as I can, can, can get into the bishop's office and, and just discuss how things are going, it, it definitely helps me. Um, it, and, you know, it's, it's almost been three years since I've, I've touched any kind of substance, and, and it's all because of these steps. And, so grateful that you guys are here every week to to help me stay sober because without you guys I'd look like a crazy person sitting here talking to myself. So so thank you for helping me stay sober. Um this has been a wonderful experience to to share my uh experience faith and hope. Um and I th- I think that's key that we 
we get in here and share our experience, our faith, and our hope, because my hope is in the atonement of Jesus Christ. Uh, my faith is in this restored gospel and, and the many miracles it's brought into my life. Uh, I owe my recovery to one simple verse of scripture, and that's James 1.5. And that's because it led a young man into a grove to pray. And, and because of that, that simple prayer, um, this, church, this church was organized and there was a couple missionaries in the Salt Lake County jail because of that prayer that belonged to this faith that uh, uh, led me back to the feet of my Savior. And I'm so grateful for that. Um, and I say these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Steve. Thanks, Steve. Hi, my name's Karen. I'm a recovering drug addict. Hey, Hi, Karen. Happy to be here, especially since I had to miss last week. So good to be back. It's good to see everyone again been having to travel a lot lately. Um, I really like Step 10. It was a lifesaver for me, speaking of lifesavers, which I just chewed up on. But um, <laughs> it was a lifesaver for me. Um, it is Step 10 <clears throat> for a reason, though. I don't think it's something that we're necessarily ready to do right off the bat to take our look at ourselves that objectively. For instance, if we're still using or whatever, it's... It definitely takes a little bit of maturity, I think. So it is step 10 for a reason. But I really believe, and this is just an opinion, if we do our step four effectively and thoroughly the first time where we do our complete moral inventory and then do our step five and repent and do all that and get it taken care of, that we never, ever have to revisit steps four and five that doesn't mean that I never want to do an inventory. That's what step 10 is about, in my opinion. Step 10 is the daily um, look at ourselves and making sure we haven't started something new because really we have taken care of what happened in the past if we did our steps four and five. And and I'm not saying we never look back at, at that and stuff, but if we did thoroughly repent and confess and do all those things, and we haven't gone back to that, I really think we need to put them behind us and not keep revisiting them and move forward. And to me, that's what step 10 is about. Step 10 and 11 and 12, for that matter, is about the present and moving forward. And I don't have to dwell in the past anymore. I don't have to look at all the terrible things that I did in the past. I'm done with that. I've put them behind me, and I've let that burden go the Lord has taken it, and there's no reason why I need to pick it up again. However, step 10 does keep me on the straight and narrow by doing this daily inventory, and I really did. I had to be really strenuous with it for the first couple of years where I actually did have a written daily inventory by the head of my bed, and I didn't use the one necessarily that they give a lot of people in the treatment centers or anything, but I kind of tailored it to my own goals and needs at the time. So not only was I looking at character weaknesses or strengths, I did look at the strengths as well as the weaknesses so that I balanced that out and wasn't focusing on the negative. But I also put things on it like, did I read my scriptures today? Did I exercise today? Did I do something to improve my marriage today? Or things like that to where I was actually having to make progress and things related spiritually as well as just taking a look at my weaknesses, you know, because that's really kind of what... 
a lot of the treatment programs focus on your character defects or whatever. I have a lot of strengths and assets as well as defects and weaknesses, and I like to make sure I try to keep it positive and look at all of it. But it is important in Step 10 because you can see those patterns arise if you happen to notice that you're being incredibly impatient this day and then you are again the next day and the next day, then that should be a red flag to you that that's something that you need to address. And at least for me, it was helpful to look at that every night before I went to bed. And if I missed my scriptures, did that impact how I was feeling and things like that? So it may seem really elementary that that's something that I had to do, but for me it really worked to actually make myself look at it every single day. And I had to write it down or else it wouldn't happen. Some people can just lay in their beds at night and think about it and do it in their head, and there's nothing wrong with that if that works. But I definitely think it's something we have to look at every day. The second part of Step 10 that I really like is, what's the second part? When you are wrong, promptly admit it. And this is huge. I really like what Steve said about saying I'm wrong, and that is so powerful. You're right about that. People immediately back down. If you just say you're wrong, they accept that. And a lot of times we are wrong, unfortunately, but it is good to admit it. I like how the reading said, um, if you stray or if you make a mistake, repent quickly and get back up, dust yourself off and move forward. And that's kind of, I have had a couple of stumbles along the way, just like most of us probably have. But fortunately, because I had these principles in my head and I'd been coming to so many meetings doing all this, they didn't last very long. I was able to jump right back up and remember the things that I've learned and dust myself off and move forward. And that's that's what's important. We have to be progressing and doing better and better every day. And I never would discount the years clean I had just because I had a day where I messed up. I still had those two years clean or whatever, you know, if you had. I I know that relapse is not ideal, and for sure I would never recommend that to anyone. But there are those instances where that happens, and it's quick, and you get over it, and you you move on, that you learn so much that it's an important part of our progress. So I just think it's so important, though, to get up quickly and move on and get past it. And that's really why I like Step 10, admitting you're wrong promptly. And so I'm kind of just rambling around here. I've been, I'm actually working on a graduate degree, and I have to do a dissertation, and I'm actually going to do it on nurse addiction. So I've been presenting this whole big study I'm going to be doing in great detail for the last couple of weeks. And as a result, I've talked to my dissertation committee, which is these, you know, doctorally prepared people in suits and dresses and very professional. And and I talked to them about my own experience with uh, addiction. And I think they were a little bit shocked at first, but... Having looked so closely, again, at my experience and hashing it out and talking to them about it and having them in the end uh, respect me more because of it and offer such um, support and, I don't know, they were just so encouraging and impressed that I was willing to be honest about it. And um, it's hard to go through these things, but we can become something 
even with this in our past, we can move on and not be defined by who we used to be. And I really, really think that's important. I'm so happy to be here and grateful for Step 10. It's been a huge, huge help in my life. And I say that in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Thanks, Karen. Thanks, Thanks. My name is Rich. Hey, Rich. I'm a child of God and nothing more and nothing less. And uh, I'm grateful to be here tonight. I was looking around the room at all these wonderful faces and realizing how much I love you guys. I um, have only known some of you for these uh, few short weeks, but I definitely feel a lot of love for you. Um, very grateful to be here. Step 10. Um, I would almost title for me continued humility. Um, I know that the times in my life in which I struggle are the moments in which I'm not listening to the Spirit or I can't hear the Spirit because pride has found its way in my heart. I um, was thinking about this step and um, honestly, I can tell you from my own perspective, it's one of the hardest things for me to do to apologize and say I'm sorry, but it also is one of the easiest things in the standpoint of my life becomes so much easier after that moment of apology. Um, I've mentioned my kids and how much I learned from them. One of the hardest things for me as a father is to watch my kids argue over something, to watch them where they have a disagreement and one of them sits with this hard heart, this prideful, smug look on their face. <laughs> and as a father, I almost, you know, I want to pick them up and, and, and hold them and say, you know, honestly, this is not serving you well. And uh, um, I know at those moments when I'm sitting there with that same smug look on my face and my Heavenly Father's looking down at me just going, <laughs> come on, Rich. <laughs> really, again, um, is, is really hard for me. Um, but I know that there's joy and happiness in, in just admitting when I'm wrong. Um, I also call this step the check engine light because uh, I have a, an older car that I love very, very much and has served me very, very well. And bless its heart, its check engine light goes off when there's something that's not right with it. The oil's low, whatever. Um, and in my ownership of this car and its its entire life from it being brand new out of the factory to um, 260,000 miles, I've come to know it very well. And I know that the, the check engine light is, is typically a fairly serious <laughs> issue, something I need to look into. And I, I wonder in these moments of my life when I'm struggling, am I willing to just acknowledge this check engine light, seek after some advice and figure out what's going on and change or, or get some help? Um, so really the, that daily accountability and looking over my day and saying, is there anything that tripped my check engine light today? Is there something that I did that was not online with the way that I should be acting in accordance with the way I was designed? Am I fulfilling the measure of my creation? I've been very blessed by just 
good and bad, checking uh, to see if there's something that that was not in line. Um, Am I perfect at this? Far from it. Um, But I know that there's times in my life when I can feel that there's something I need to repair. And I think we all have that. I mean, that's that's the gift, at least that I was given, that Holy Ghost that's with me that says there's something that needs to be fixed. There's something that needs to be fixed. The longer I ignore that, the worse the problem gets. So I just want to close with my testimony that the promptness of admitting is extremely important. More damage in my life has been done through waiting for that promptly admitting um, and, and not being prompt than at any other time. Something that was small that could have uh, in the moment have been resolved by just promptly saying, you know, what? I'm sorry, I was wrong. What I did was absolutely wrong, not seeking explanation, not giving explanation, but simply saying I was wrong. I'm grateful for the atonement of Jesus Christ. I'm grateful that I can admit that I'm wrong, that I can change. I'm grateful for the atonement of my Savior, Jesus Christ. And it brings my heart joy to see it active in all of your lives. I say that in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Rich. Hi, I'm Scott. Scott. I have a scratchy voice. Um, I am so grateful to know that I... Who am a son of God that is loved by him, always has been, always will be. Um, I think of my own children. I almost think maybe he loves us more when we're struggling. I think of my own kids, the ones that are off doing good, I just they just get a little bit more of my heart, a little bit more of my prayers, and I have a feeling Heavenly Father is kind of that same way. He just has to try a little bit harder on us that are struggling a little bit more. So I, that's the way I look at it. But... I've, a number of things that been in my mind tonight as we've been reading through the step. A couple words jumped out at me. It says, in taking steps 10, you will no longer have to resort to a variety of things. Those two words, have to. A lot of people in this program I hear say that, you know, their addiction did nothing for them. It, it, it brought them no good in their life, did nothing for them. They can't understand why they do it. Well, I think this, these two words kind of sum it up. It was doing something for them. It was numbing their pain. It was numbing my pain. It was giving me somewhere to hide. But I don't have to do that anymore. This accountability step is a gift. To be able to tell someone you're sorry, to unload that, to admit it, take it out of your shame bank and move it to the guilt column where you're actually repenting and confessing and Getting over it is just such a powerful gift, and I am so grateful to have learned that it was right there in front of me all along because I've done a lot of blaming, a lot of, nah, not so much justifying, but a lot of blaming, a lot of resentment over the years. And 35 years of that gets really tiring, and it, it takes a lot of work, a lot more work, I think, than just owning up to something. Because once you do, most of the time, it's, the hard part's done for me. The other thing that jumped out at me is, is that this section, I've often thought about this, this step regarding confessing to wrongs and owning up to mistakes and that kind of thing, but I came across a different way tonight as we were reading it, because I agree we don't 
shouldn't be looking back and rehashing things we've rep- been repented of and been forgiven of for years. But sometimes as I'm continuing to look and evolve and peel the layers of my soul off, as you will, and learning a little bit more about myself as people push my buttons, which they continue to do, I learned that I'm still holding on to some faulty beliefs about life, about how things are, about how God feels about me, how how people in life are going to treat me. And this admitting when you're wrong, I think for me, is real important to realize and admit I've been living a lie. Satan has done a real good job on probably most of us at convincing us of a lot of things that aren't true, both about others as well as ourselves. And occasionally I get a little glimpse and go, wow, am I really doing that? Am I really still believing that? Am I still treating God like my father? Am I still treating my kids, you know, like they had perfect parents? <laughs> um, and it's it's really illuminating to to have those little aha moments, but it's this step that gives those moments power to be able to make that change, admit I was wrong about myself, and to to be able to let go of that as well and to move on. One other thing that was coming out to my mind as I was reading through this step tonight, there was like, I went, scanned back through the the step again, and there's like eight or nine references to fear within this step. And I've done that other times in other steps, and fear is a pretty regular thing throughout the 12-step program. That's something to avoid or something to work through. And it seems to me, I've, I've tried evaluating a lot of things as to why I do the wrong things and why I don't do the right things. And I bet high 90s percent of the time, I'm doing it or not doing it because of fear. Fear of disappointing others or myself, fear of failure, fear of not fitting in, all those different things. And I'm really trying to do a better job of recognizing when that fear feeling comes that that's probably Satan whispering something in my ear or some faulty belief I have that is based on a lie that is creating that fear. But I'm learning how important it is to face those fears and do something positive about it. And that's a scary thing. But I'm also learning how that vulnerability that we have whenever we're doing anything, whether it's starting a new job, Asking someone for a date, all, I mean, name it. Anything, the good that happens in our life, is, there's some risk associated with it. Just coming to this group tonight, you know, there's a certain amount of vulnerability of putting ourselves out there. Um, but that's how we're wired. We're wired to connect, and it's often going to be have some sort of risk associated with it. And anything good, we got to take that step and. That's this whole step is about that accountability. You got to own up. Well, that's kind of scary, but that's where the good and the growth is going to come. And that's where I've seen probably all the growth come in my life is by having the courage to risk vulnerability when it gets scary. And I bear witness that God knows me better than I do, and He's more wise and more powerful than Satan in any scenario. And he can see me through it, and he sees each of us through it. And by holding his hand and really leaning on him, he can get us through anything that's scary. And 
I leave you that witness, and I bury my testimony that our Savior, His atonement is real, and it He really can make us whole. He can't just, He's not limited to sometimes what we limit ourselves. Like, He can give me sobriety. Okay, sobriety is fine and great, but that's not whole. There's a whole lot of baggage that goes with being whole, and He is slowly making me whole. And I am so grateful for that. And I bear that with witness in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Thanks, God. Hi, Mabra. Hey, Mabra. It's funny that that Rich um, referred to this as the as his check engine light step because that's exactly what uh, what I think of uh, when I think about this step. Um, my mom had a had an old car when I was little. Uh, it was a forty nine Mercury and. It's the car she had when first her first car, and she had loved that car. And I'd get in it and I'd play, and of course it didn't have you know all the fancy stuff and all the knobs and dials, you know, and and um, and, and I, I'm a car girl. I I worked in the in the automobile automobile industry for a long time, and and uh, so when I started doing my steps, that's what that's what I thought of with this step is you know my check engine light. That's that's what this was, and and uh, my check engine lights on a lot. Everybody, you know, every, everybody says, you know, the Holy Ghost whispers in a still small voice. He doesn't do that with me. He has to yell, and then I might listen because you know I'm a little hard headed. So, but um, uh, you know, it it just amazes me that um, my heavenly Father can. Every day, no matter what it is that I do, whether it, whether it's you know, like, you know, I, I say this all the time in my, in my meetings, it, you know, whether it's I kiss, kick my dog, or you know, you know, whatever it is, um, he, he loves me anyway. It doesn't matter um, as long as I repent for it and I try not to do it again. And if I do it again, I have to repent again. But he he loves me for who I am with all my all my warts and, and bumps and and he'll be with me right there. Um, you know, I I remember the first time I did step ten and um I thought, you know, it's so great to do this because I don't have to do that big step four again. I'm not gonna have to, you know, do have four years of sobriety, four more years of sobriety and then do another big step four because I've done all this bad stuff, you know. Um, I just do it every day, and with my step ten, I every day I write down at least five things that I've done that were good, and then you know if I have things that I have to repent for or whatever, but I always make sure I write down things that are good about what I've done that day, and whether I've done service for somebody or you know whether I've you know just just done been really good that day, and maybe I didn't have to have to do anything you know that was. I didn't have to write anything that I'd done bad. You know, I didn't kick my dog today. That was really good. So, um, you know, it it just reminds me of how much my Heavenly Father loves me and how much um, effort he puts into my recovery and how much effort he puts into your recovery. And, you know, he, it, I figure if, if he can put a tenth, if I can put a tenth of the effort that he puts in, I'm going to make it. I'm going to I'm going to make it 100% because he's really putting in some effort and you know my effort just has to be a little bit 
and he makes up the rest, you know. And um, I love, um, it. I always uh, think of Mosiah 430, uh, and it's in the Study and Understanding Guide uh, part of, the, of this. Um, and it says, if you, if you do not watch yourselves and your thoughts and your words and your deeds and observe the commandments of God and continue in the faith of what ye have heard concerning the coming of our Lord, even unto the end of your lives, ye must perish. And now, O man, remember and perish not. And whenever I do step 10, I always read that because it really reminds me of that, that, you know, we have to really watch what we're doing. But he's watching too, and he's taking care of us. And that's what's important is that he's taking care of us. I love this step. I think this is probably my favorite step. Um, because once you're done with it at the end of the day, you can move on. <laughs> you know, you don't have to sit there and think about it. And uh, and I really love this step. Um, you know, I I we're coming to the end uh, here, and and I'm thinking, geez, you know, we have to just start over and uh, keep going. And uh, I I just really love you guys. I love coming here and and meeting with you and and uh, being. In, in this group with you guys and and um, you've really changed my life every one of you um, it means a lot to come here and be with you guys and uh, I hope that my life can my experience in my life can can help to change someone else's life and I say these things in the name of Jesus Christ amen amen, amen. thank you my name is Dub. Hi, Dub. Hey, Dub I'm a grateful son of God who has multiple allergies. I'm allergic to alcohol and drugs and tobacco and pornography and lust and lying, cheating, stealing, conning, manipulating. Any of this sounding familiar? (laughs) So here we are again. Step 10. Uh, It is absolutely my favorite step because it is so quickly rewarding. You know, we get to reap the rewards right after doing it. It 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 saved me from massive brain damage over all the years I've been trying to recover. I started my recovery in a AA meeting down in Farmington, New Mexico. It was nineteen sixty four. November fourth, I will celebrate thirteen years. Even my grandkids' new math doesn't work. There's a lot of missing years. So I was in and out like a dog and pony show. And uh, I, I would never, ever badmouth AA. AA saved my life, literally. Uh, but my, my first ARP meeting was at Pioneer Stake Center, in West Salt Lake on November 4th, 2000. So uh, in that meeting, there was a facilitator named Mark J. And if there's two facilitators I would like to be like when I grow up, it's him and Robert. <laughs> both, both of them... Uh, carry a wonderful spirit. And my life changed that day when I walked into that meeting. Uh, Mark 
Uh, I had seen him at many AA meetings over the years, and uh, he started his sharing that day as a facilitator by saying, today, brothers and sisters, I'd like to give you a priesthood promise. Now, believe me, i had been into thousands of AA meetings, and they don't talk much about priesthood promises in AA. <laughs> so when he said that, these extra large ears just, whoa. I thought, what did he say? And I listened carefully as he went over, and he said, if you pray at least twice a day, if you read scriptures every day, if you attend meetings and work these steps every day, the Savior will change your heart. And boy, my heart just started pounding. And, and I was born again. I was truly born again in that moment because all, all of a sudden, I just forgive myself for all of the slips I'd had, for all of the embarrassment I had brought to my my wife and my three beautiful children and my siblings, my parents, uh, my church, my, my heritage. Uh, anyway, uh, that's, that's when my recovery really started. And... Uh, each tonight when I get home, I will put my slippers way underneath my bed. I'll have to get on my knees to reach it way under. While I'm down there, the Lord will remind me to say my gratitude prayer for the day. That's my favorite prayer of the day, is just try to think of all the things I'm grateful that the gospel and the Lord has done for me each day. And then when I wake up in the morning, uh, I will reach for my slippers. And then being way under, I have to get on my knees to do that. And the Lord will bless me with my first shot of oxygen for the day to this afflicted, addicted mind. And it'll say you need to pray first thing. So while I'm saying my early morning prayer, he blesses me with a second little shot of oxygen. And that reminds me, in these words exactly, hey, Buckwheat, <laughs> you need to have your study period right now. Not at noon, not at 9 in the morning, not at 1030 at night. I had tried all of those. But if there is no chaos in your life, this morning, Dub, because you are a full-blown drug addict and a real alcoholic, you will create your own habit and chaos. So after I have my study period, and sometimes it lasts 15 minutes, and sometimes, like this morning, it lasted an hour and a half. You just happen to be on the right thing. And in my study materials are the Bible, the Book of Mormon, and the course of the DNC and the Pearl of Great Price, the big book, the 12 and 12, and this wonderful manual. And uh, somewhere in, in, in this material, I can find the Savior very quickly in, first thing in the morning.
And uh, once once I have found him and connected with him, uh, I've got humility like I've never known the first 50 years of my life. You know, it just brings me to a place of, of light, but contentment that that I know everything's going to be okay. Uh, the Lord and myself have made lots of covenants over the years, and I'm I'm probably five for fifty-five covenants. And of course, the Savior is fifty-five for fifty-five. He never ever breaks his covenant to me. So I know that if I will do my footwork every morning, which is pray, read scriptures, attend meetings, work the steps, and service, 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 action, action, action. If I can focus on those few things every day, I know that when I walk out of my daily noon meeting, and I'm in one every day, and I usually do an evening meeting too, because that's what I have to do to ensure my part of the footwork that that I have lost all all cravings, all tendencies to 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 think dark thoughts, to go in a bad place, and and I got to mention I am so grateful for our two beautiful roses here tonight amongst these six thorns. I guess that's, <laughs> that's, that's not a very good ratio, but, uh, you know, my mother and my wife and my daughter have always had so much more spirit than me and my dad and my brothers <laughs> and my sons have ever had. And, and, and that's, that's a beautiful thing. Well, I need to wrap it up here because Robert's getting nervous over there. So I just want to bear my witness that I know God lives, and I know Jesus is the Christ. And in these 10 weeks that I have got this new wonderful family that lifts me up every Wednesday evening, and three weeks from now, we'll be wrapping this up, and and we're going to have to figure out to, to have a meeting once a month or something because I, I really admire each of you, and I've learned so much from you. And in the 88th section of the Doctrine and Covenants, when Joseph Smith was talking about his School of the Prophets in Kirtland, Ohio, uh, which was the first LDS 12-step meeting. <laughs> Everybody thinks Dr. Bob and Bill W. started this, but it was Joseph and the School of the Prophets in Kirtland, Ohio, when he said that, uh, choose among yourselves a teacher, and let not all be spokesmen at once, but let one speak at a time. Does that sound familiar? And when all have spoken, all may be edified of all, and every man and woman, I added that, <laughs> shall have an equal privilege, cease to be light-minded and covetous, and, and uh, love one another as the gospel requires. That's my testimony that 
that I know this gospel is true. And I know this is the Savior's program, and I finally found out how to find him every day. And and that's such a huge blessing in my life, as well as each one of you. I say that in Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thanks, Dad. Thank you so much for your comments and your sharing. Elder Ennis, I'm afraid that uh, our time is up. Just kidding. It's up to you, Elder Ernest. Thank you, Robert. Thanks, Robert. And and thank you all. Um, I guess we have to wrap up the meeting. Uh, thank you for being here this evening. <laughs> uh, honestly, I don't know what else I can add to the meeting um, other than, hi, I'm Elder Ennis. Hi, I'm Elder Ennis. And... Aside being a missionary in this great work, uh, I am a grateful son of God who has struggled most of my life with the addiction of pornography, uh, currently working on step 12 in my life with the Lord. And uh, I just need to add my testimony to the power of step 10. Uh, Once again, we come around and... With each one of these steps, there's always previous steps that you have to that you have to interject, and because it reminds you of honestly, step one. Uh, this is uh, step ten is uh, uh, once again a reminder to remain humble. Um, obtaining a remission of your sins is one thing. Obtaining a remission of your sins is one thing. But maintaining a remission of your sins is a completely another thing. And step 10, I found that in my life, um, continuing to take that personal inventory, uh, going through the steps, one time, uh, you know, you're going to learn a lot about yourself. Um, it took a lifetime for me to get into my addiction, uh, I hope it doesn't take the rest of my life to finally be completed and out of my addiction. But having said that, the need for humility and faith and looking forward is crucial in maintaining uh, sobriety and moving forward, uh, continuing to take that personal inventory uh, because throughout, throughout my addiction, uh, there was just so many times where I had to be right. Um, this step hits at the foundation of pride and topples the spirit of entitlement. Uh, It attacks the base of the spirit of entitlement. Um, Always having to be right. uh, Everybody else is wrong. Everybody else is the problem. That needs to be crumbled up and thrown out the door. Uh, I can remember till this day, uh, there was one night we were in the washroom, my wife and I, and just some dumb, trivial little thing uh, came up, and I had to be right. And this was shortly after I'd come clean, I'd come to her, and I'd talked to her about everything that I had done. I'd talked to my bishop, and we were moving forward, and we were making baby steps forward, and that night I can still remember her face as she sat there by the dryer, and because I had a spirit of entitlement, 
Even though we were taking baby steps forward, it was immediately a dozen steps backwards. And I found myself right back to where I needed to, to stick myself in my back pocket, hang myself on the wall, whatever, whatever, you wanna, whatever term you want to use. But uh, this daily accountability and that continuing to take personal inventory, it's a process. Um, there's some personal refinement that, uh, uh, that takes place. And just because I'm just because you make it this far in the program, it doesn't mean that everything's done. There is, you know, like your personal inventory, it's a living document. Uh, there's things that you are going to constantly remember. And they're just, you know, just like Robert shared, sorry about the crosstalk, but you know, this past week, he discovered additional people that he needed to to make amends with. Uh, this step gives you an opportunity, gave me the opportunity to continue to take that personal inventory and experience the refinement that the Holy Ghost brings. You know, as we give ourselves and we place ourselves under the influence of the Spirit, his job is to teach us the truths and to bring us to Christ. Christ, he being the second comforter, uh, is the one who takes, from, take us, takes us from there and eventually takes us and shows us the Father. But the Holy Spirit bringing us to our Savior, as we continue to refine our souls, there's that daily accountability that needs to take place uh, because it's not all over and done with. Just like it says in, in Second Nephi, uh, chapter 31, uh, verse 19. Now behold, my beloved brethren, after you've gotten in this straight gate and narrow path, I would ask if all is done. Behold, I say unto you, nay. Continues on, he says in verse 20, wherefore you must press forward with a steadfastness in Christ, having a per- perfect brightness of hope and a love of God and of all men. Wherefore, press forward, feasting upon the words of Christ, and endure to the end. And behold, thus saith the Father, ye shall have eternal life. Uh, In Mosiah uh, chapter 4, verse 20, it says, Now for the sake of these things which I have spoken unto you, that is, for the sake of retaining a remission of your sins from day to day, that ye may walk guiltless before God, the counsel that he gives, he says, I would that ye should impart of your substance to the poor, every man according to that which he hath, such as feeding the hungry, clothing the naked, visiting the sick, and the administering to their relief, both spiritually and temporally according to their wants. And see that all of these things are done in wisdom and order, for it is not requisite that a man should run faster than he has strength. And again, it is expedient that ye should be diligent, that thereby ye might win the prize. Therefore, all things must be done in order. As we take step 10, and from day to day to obtain and maintain that remission of our sins, uh, we need to look unto the Lord and we need to serve one another and remain and have a spirit of humility. And finally, I want to finish with this in uh, section 93 of the Doctrine and Covenants, verse 1. It says, Verily, thus saith the Lord, It shall come to pass that every soul who forsaketh his sins and cometh unto me and calleth on my name and obeyeth my voice 
and keepeth my commandments shall see my face and know that I am. It's all about refinement. Step 10 is all about continuing to look within and repenting and humbling ourselves and continuing to look to God, look to Christ, to be refined in Him and have Him take hold of our reins and guide our lives down the path and keep a remission of our sins. Um, I humbly want to testify of our Savior and His love. I testify that He knows where we're at. He knows what we're doing. Uh, We are not lost to Him. His love is boundless. Uh, His love is eternal, and it's infinite, uh, just like His atonement. So I testify of Him, His power to redeem, His power to uh, give us a remission of our sins. And I say that humbly in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. In closing, please remember that what has been shared here is confidential, and the opinions expressed here are those of the individual who expressed them and do not necessarily represent LDS Family Services or the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. We encourage you to purchase a personal copy of the guide for note-taking during the meeting. We also recommend using the Studying and Understanding and Action Steps sections between meetings to build on what you have heard and experienced in this meeting. Finally, we thank each of you for your participation. Your presence here demonstrates your humility and faith and inspires hope in everyone attending today. At that, would somebody please volunteer to offer us a closing prayer? Our dearest Father in heaven, we come before thee this evening to express our gratitude to thee for the atonement of our Savior Jesus Christ, to express our gratitude for the gospel principles that are embedded inside of these 12 steps. We are grateful for the opportunity to learn of the atonement of Jesus Christ, to take the atonement and to make it real, to make it personal in our lives, to exercise our agency in the use of partaking of the atonement. Father, we are grateful for the messages that have been shared, both those spoken and those unspoken, the ones that we have received through the power of the Holy Ghost and the ones that have been spoken through words of experience, words of trial and of learning. Father, we do thank Thee for Thy willingness to allow us to be of service in sharing of our experience. Father, we do thank Thee for Thy hand in our lives. We acknowledge Thy hand in our lives. We acknowledge Thy hand in all things in bringing us together, bringing the individuals to hear of the messages in this meeting, both those spoken and the ones that shall be spoken to them in their hearts through the power of the Holy Ghost. Father, we pray for one thing and ask for only one thing, that is the protection and guidance of the individuals who are struggling, that they may also be afforded the same opportunity that we have to partake of the atonement of Jesus Christ. We say these things, Father, humbly in the name of our Savior and Redeemer, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Amen.
Find hope and connect with God and others who understand you through the Church's Addiction Recovery Program. Join us at a virtual or in-person support group meeting. Visit addictionrecovery.churchofjesuschrist.org to get started.